What is up, you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you like to get your podcast from. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms, as well as this amazing show, Reviewing Ruderalis, brought to us by The Autoflower Review and atlas seed be sure to check them out and give them some major love the autoflower review team is awesome i love being a part of it and atlas seed has some serious amazingly hardy and stable genetics as some serious quality and frosty ones too i'm running the face fat autoflower as well as peanut butter bomb and neon cowgirl for my femmes and some more uh autoflowers by them like fruit by the foot gmo tricross and fog dog auto so if you want to check those out definitely check out my page now i did just record this podcast and like an idiot i totally forgot to put my mic on so it was a 30-minute podcast, however, I'm going to shorten it and sweeten it because I kind of did uh, reiterate myself several times. I don't want people to feel like I'm like pushing products onto them, so I guess it was a happy accident. So, without further ado, we're going to break into this episode. Um, it's a very simple one. This one shouldn't take long. I'm going to explain some simple things very, very quickly. And if you read the title, it's how to germinate your autoflowering seeds with a hundred percent success rate. Now this isn't just for autoflowering seeds in particular. You can use this for photo periods, regulars, whatever. This is how to germinate cannabis seeds with a hundred percent success rate. Um, now the first thing, first and foremost, you want to make sure that you have quality genetics. So I recommend starting with Atlas. I know I say it every single time, but seriously. Um, whenever you start with a bag seed or subpar genetics, you're already starting off uh, with a chance for failure. You want the best chance for success when cultivating seeds, and it starts with your seedlings. And if you cannot get your germination, it doesn't matter if you spent $5,000 worth of grow equipment, have the craziest automated setup ever, and it's like spotless and it looks so freaking phenomenal. You can grow like pounds and pounds of marijuana in there. Well, you're not going to grow pounds and pounds of marijuana if you can't get your seeds germinated. And that's a very big problem for many of our growers out there is I always get asked how I germinate my seeds, what products I use, what am I doing, what specifically what am I doing? Well, I did a germination live stream on my Instagram a few days ago, and I didn't realize how many people actually really appreciated it because there's too many videos out there where people don't get straight to the point. They don't cut to the chase and they don't just showcase what needs to be done or tell you what they're using. So essentially, there really is not a big rocket science to germinating seeds. Um, there's a few products that I'm going to recommend. Uh, well, let me reiterate that. There are three products that I absolutely recommend buying. Um, I recommend having these on hand, and I think every grower should have these. These are two of them I don't think are optional. Two of them you must have. Um, not necessarily the same brand as me, but you have to have them. And the other one is one that I'm going to say that you really you really should have. You don't have to have it, but you should have it because it's going to make your entire cultivation experience way easier, way more smooth, and your plants are going to be much, much bigger, bolder, and better with it. So now, none of these are gimmicky products either. These are very inexpensive. There's only two of them that are going to be upwards of $20, so that's very cheap stuff. The first one is your water. Okay, when germinating seeds, we have to discuss this. There's a lot of people who just use tap water and they don't do anything to their tap water. There's no dechlorination done. There's no pHing done. There's nothing. They just use tap water. They soak their seeds or soak a paper towel with tap water and go about their life and put their seeds in. You know, they use the paper towel method, which is like putting a paper towel on a plate, folding it, putting that paper towel in a baggie or something, put it in a, a warm, dry, a warm, uh, humid, uh, dark place for 24 to 48 hours hoping to get um, taproot sprouted 
it's not a bad way to do it. There's a lot of growers who use that method and still have great results to this day. I don't like that method. The taproot can grow into the paper towel. Um, sometimes the, the paper towels can dry out depending on what state you're in. All sorts of issues can happen, okay? So I just, I personally, I don't like that method. That's just not a method for me. I don't enjoy it. Um, it's not one that I really like. I used to use, I used to showcase it. I used to do it back in the day when that was really like the only method that I really knew how to do. And then I started uh, playing with my germination methods because I was only getting about 60% success rate with the paper towel method. Then I started researching and doing my due diligence and going around forums and talking to old head growers and just various growers. And I realized I was missing a key ingredient. And I was also, instead of paper towels, I soak my seeds. They just go straight into a cup of water for 24 to 48 hours. Now that cup of water is a solution that I create. Okay, so it's a mixture of some products. So let me go ahead and explain what I'm doing. First and foremost, I don't use tap water, okay? Uh, I think anyone listening, if you're going to use tap water, it's very risky to use tap water for seedlings or even early, early seed seedlings. You know, like uh, uh, germinating is not something you want to use tap water for, and seedlings are definitely not something you want to use tap water for. Harsh chemicals and minerals can absolutely kill your root zone. Chlorine will destroy microbial uh, microbial colonies. So you do not want any sort of chlorine within your water if you're trying to establish microbial life or microbeneficial life. So you want a dechlorinator if you're going to use tap water, which I don't recommend using tap water. If you're watching this podcast to get a 100% success rate, I cannot guarantee that you're going to have a 100% success if you use your tap water because I don't know what's in your tap water. I have no idea where you live. I don't know what your municipalities are. I don't know what they clean, what they add. I have no idea what goes in your tap water. If you have amazingly clean tap water from like a well, then perfect. You're you're great. But even wells have minerals in them. So you want to make sure that you're not overdoing it. And you maybe think of having an RO system. Obviously, RO water is the best water out there, reverse osmosis. So if you have reverse osmosis water, you're set, you're golden. You have the perfect water. You can put it right at the pH you need. It's free and clean of everything and you can add specific things in. Uh, for germin germinating seeds, as close to zero PPM water is literally what you want, which is why I recommend distilled or purified water. Distilled water being like the best. Now, now that we got through which water you're going to use, and now it's up to if you're using tap water and you're not using reverse osmosis, because reverse osmosis is like number one, then distilled, then purified, then tap. You have to use a dechlorination solution of some sort if you're using tap water. I recommend this. It's the Aquatic Safe Tetra uh, dechlorination solution. If you're watching the video, it's, I'm holding it up on screen. If you're, you're listening, it is a yellow bottle with a little fishy and a tap on it with like water coming out of the tap and it says tetra at the top that's the brand and it said aqua safe plus treats two times the water this makes tap water safe for fish it removes chlorine it protects the uh the fish and it reduces stress you don't need the reduction of stress or the protection for the fish but you do need the removing of chlorines and this also removes additional um harsh uh, minerals and chemicals as well so this does do a little ad added benefits but chlorine is the big one this takes chlorine right out of the water this dechlorinates water so that's you you have to have it it's like 14 bucks this sucker will last you like a whole year or more um this stuff a little bit goes a long way it's literally one teaspoon for every 10 gallons of water 
So quite a lot of use out of this. That is a must. I always have this on hand because I use tap water for my deep, deep water culture buckets and my um, hydroponic reservoir for my, um, uh, I guess I shouldn't say hydroponic, the reservoir for the autopod system. It, I mean, it's water, but it's not a hydroponic system. It's, it's the autopod system, but this is how I dechlorinate. So you need, need, need this if you're using tap water. So there's step one. So making sure your water is safe, make sure you're using the right water. Now that we have our water, our, our, our distilled water or our purified water, our RO water, maybe if you're fancy and you have reverse osmosis or our tap water dechlorinated. Now you need to make your solution. You're going to do one third, 3% hydrogen peroxide to two thirds of your choice of water. So whether it's the RO distilled, purified or dechlorinated tap. The reason I say you need 3% hydrogen peroxide. And for those wondering where it says 3%, if you look, if you look at the back of the bottle um, in the store, in the active ingredients, it's going to say hydrogen peroxide, 3%. So yeah, you want the 3% kind. This adds O2, additional O2 in the water to stimulate O2, as well as this is going to help keep the root zones free and clean and clear of infections or diseases, as this is helping sanitize it. Now, those are not optional. Um, obviously, the only time that the AquaSafe stuff is optional is if you're using purified or distilled water only, or you have RO water, then you don't need any sort of dechlorinator. Your water is clean and clear. You have the filtration already. The 3% hydrogen peroxide, if you're, if you're trying to follow my 100% success rate, that is a must have. There is no options for that. Now, the next, uh, the next thing is going to be dependent upon how many seeds you're germinating. So if you have a tiny little cup and you're doing like one or two seeds, I don't ever pH that, that, that amount of water. The, the taproot coming out just popping is not going to be a drastic effect if that pH of that water solution you're using is off because you're going to go ahead and plant it into a peat moss pod or a cocoa pod or a, uh, a rockle cube or straight into the soil. So you're not going to run into that issue and you really don't need to pH your solution. However, if you're doing multiple seeds and you have a solution of 250 milliliters or more of water, like one cup, which is usually what I do, you're going to want some sort of uh, TNB adjust or <laughs> pH adjusters. I use TNB Naturals pH up and down. They're, they're natural granular adjusters that um, have a, they have a little bit of PK in them. So it's going to add a little PK, but they're natural. They don't burn. They dissolve really well. And they're not like the liquid crap. I don't like liquid adjusters personally because they're very harsh. They corrode things. They can corrode your, uh, your walls, your floors. They can burn your skin. They're very destructive because they are acids. You know, these are acids. So we're working with like either natural rocks, uh, phosphates that are going to give off those natural acids or we're working with synthesized liquid acid which is very dangerous for the skin to come in contact with now keep in mind um now that i've talked about ph the other thing you want is a ph reader um i've been rocking a micro unfortunately this whole time without my ph reader this last like two months 
I just got an Inkbird Plus in, and I'll be showcasing that and getting that set up today. You really, really want a pH reader. Do not, if you're a novice listening to me, the only reason I got away with not having a pH reader is because I've grown for a little few years now. <laughs> I've been growing for a while, and I know a good bit of how to read my plants. Um, obviously, I haven't been growing longer than most people out there. There's people who have been growing since I've been born, but um, I know how to read my plants pretty well. And lucky for me that it's, that's just been what I've been doing. However, do not do that. If you're a novice listening, do not think that you're going to be able to read your plants. You have no idea. I can tell you right now, learning how to grow cannabis, there are so many signs that your plant can tell you just through what they're showing on, on their leaves that it's going to be a very drastic headache for you to actually read your plant without knowing what it's telling you. So I highly suggest getting pH adjusters like the granular ones I'm using from TNB down or TNB naturals pH up and down. Um, they're good. They're great, but you definitely want a pH reader so that you at least know where your pH is in your zones. Now, those are the products that I deem as mandatory for germinating seeds, because if you're doing a large batch, you want to pH your water to roughly 6.0. If you're doing, like I said, one to two seeds in a little cup, it doesn't really matter about pHing that a little amount of water. It's not going to make a big difference, but the pH is necessary whenever you transplant or put your, your seedling into its home. You need to make sure the pH of the root zone stays quality. It stays at anywhere from 5.5 to 6.5 within that zone. Now, there's been many a podcast where I talk about shifting pH ranges and the proper pH ranges that your root zone needs to be in throughout the entire grow. Because prior to this next amendment that I'm going to showcase, we would have to shift our pH ranges through the grow. Seedlings would like 5.5 to 5.9 because they're accessing manganese, boron, copper, and all those micro and macronutrients for growing. Um, like, you know, all those things that help build cell walls, stretch the plant, all that fun stuff. And then as they get towards uh, flower, they like more towards the 6.0 to 6.3 range as they're uptaking more, um, less nitrogen and more potassium and phosphorus. Now, this is due to just where those natural, where those micronutrients and macronutrients are naturally found um, in nature uh, as far as where they reside, whether they're alkaline or acidic. And there's a new product from Culture Biologics. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, jeez. So there's a new uh, there's a new product from Culture Biologics. Um, if you haven't checked out the interview I did with Tim McCormick, it was the last episode. It's absolutely phenomenal. Really, really, really quality. Really amazing. And I'm beyond excited to introduce it. But we talked about his uh, line, and one of the products is pH Lush. I'm holding it on screen for those who want to see. Um, it's really, really a quality, quality nutrient. Let me just read the back, and then I'm going to explain what it does um, in layman's terms. All right, pH Lush is an all-natural flushing solution. It's a carbon-based agent that releases nutrients. Um, I'm sorry. It's a carbon-based agent that releases and dissolves bound-up salts and insoluble nutrients in the growing medium. These weak acids complex attach themselves um, to insoluble molecules and release them back into the water so they may either be removed from the media or taken up by the plant. Use this with every feeding. So essentially what this does, this allows your plant to sit at a pH range, whether it's 6.5, whether it's 6.3, 6.0, or 5.5. 
your plant using pH Lush can access all the macro and micronutrients from the other ranges to the fullest without having to be in those specific pH ranges. This right here, out of all the products I talked about today, has been a drastic game changer in my garden. Um, I can't tell you how many novices I really, really suggest going and getting this. I don't, I forget how much this costs. I have not looked online as far as I, I really honestly wholeheartedly don't know the price. I would tell you guys if I did, um, definitely go check it out. It, this one's worth it. Okay. There, it's not a subpar product. It's not poor quality. This is all very good quality products. It's made locally here in Denver. I've actually seen the space where they make this stuff. It's very phenomenal. They take great pride in their products. This is one of those things that is going to be revolutionary because so many novices learning how to grow cannabis have pH problems. And if I can get you growers literally just getting your pH to a 6.0 pH and never, ever, ever having to shift the zones whatsoever and simply using a product that allows your plant to access everything through every zone the entire time, this is game changing. And I recommend using this whenever you're using your solutions. It's a little bit goes a long way, 0.2 to 0.4 teaspoons per gallon. So a little goes a long, long way. And you, you guys, I'm telling you, you do not want to sleep on this product or culture biologics. They're a really quality brand. Science is actually meeting uh, nutrients and cannabis cultivation. This is chemistry right here, man. The, Tim McCormick was a chemist and he still is a chemist. <laughs> he went to school for chemistry, but he did, he, he's very, very smart man. And he's really making big leaps and bounds. Now, why do I mention this on a germination podcast? Well, if you were to add this to your germination solution, your, if you're at a 6.0 range, your taproot can go ahead and access all those nutrients. You know, they're not going to have any, whoops. They're not going to have any issues from the start. They're going to have this solution, this carbon activated, uh, this carbon based nutrient that is, um, oh, not nutrient. I should say carbon based agent that gets introduced to the root zone early on. And that plant is going to have the accessibility and the, the proper uh, carbon that requires it to be able to access all those nutrients. Um, Tim McCormick does a better job explaining it. Obviously, I'm not a chemist, <laughs> but those are those are the products I recommend for germinating your seeds. You need <clears throat> how I literally do it. Now that we've gone through the product, how I germinate my seeds, two thirds distilled water or obviously any of the other water I listed, reverse osmosis, purified or dechlorinated tap to one third, 3% hydrogen peroxide with a slight amount of the pH lush, like one to two drops. Then I add a little bit of TMB down just to get my pH range right at 6.0 because uh, distilled water is about 8.0 pH out of the bottle. And I get it to roughly about 6.0, 6.3, or maybe sometimes I'll drop it to 5.5. I'll be like, ah, that's fine. Um, I get it where I need it. And then I soak the seeds for 24 to 48 hours on a heat mat that is on a thermostat at 74 degrees Fahrenheit to 77 degrees Fahrenheit. You do not want your seedlings to exceed 79 degrees Fahrenheit or go below 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Too cold will cause the tap roots not to come out or be very, very slow at popping. Too hot, you're essentially cooking your seedlings and you'll kill them. So th this is exactly how I germinate my seeds. Within 48 hours, I have a 100% success rate. You should see a quarter inch to half inch long taproot 
with all your seedlings and you want to make sure you have a quarter inch of taproot before you even plant your taproot you want that thing to actually get out there and pop first before you put it in a in its home um so that's that is how i do my germination that's how i go about germinating all my seeds and how i have 100 percent success rate again your water is key seedlings are very very sensitive to chlorine and chemicals so you need to be very careful and cognizant of that the three percent hydrogen peroxide adds more o2 in the water and also helps clean the water and keep your root zone clean and clear of uh, infection and bacteria and things the uh ph adjusters are going to help adjust your ph where you need to you know they're very good for all of growing but that ph less it's really 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 a great product now the last little product that I'm going to go ahead and showcase or talk to you guys about is mainly for the soil growers out there or the growers using uh, mycorrhizae, um, powder mycorrhizae. I recommend whenever you growers get growing and your seedlings are sprouted and you're finally having success with all your germination, you have no issues with germinating anymore. You have 100% success rate every single time. You're not wasting money on seed facts and you're super proud about all the things you learn and, and you how you have your, germin, your germination um, setup dialed in now. The next thing I would recommend is if you're using mycorrhizae, there's a lot of people who don't think that higher quality or better quality mycorrhizae really makes a difference. I urge you guys to test it for yourselves. I used to use a $23 mycorrhizae named Mike's Myco. M-Y-K-E-S. I used to get it from my local garden center and it was great. It, it was affordable and went a long way. However, it did, it, it did help the roots, but it did not do what great white myco does for the roots. Um, I see side-by-side -side comparisons. I can tell you if I give a if I give one of my plants, great white myco, this stuff, um, side by side to another plant, it will be doubled. Hands down, three, four days, it will be doubled in size. There's no doubt. Um, so that's the last thing that I will tell you guys. Uh, these, This isn't something for seedlings because you don't necessarily want to do it for seedlings. But whenever you're transplanting and whenever your seedlings get bigger and they become juveniles and you're starting to transplant upwards, I really, really highly recommend dusting with something like Great White Myco. This is $50. I do know how much this because I, I bought this one. Um, worth it. Okay. I was skeptical on paying that much money for something like this. And this product has lasted me quite some time. It goes a long way. You, you only need a little. Very, very quality. I have to be honest. Um, you know, I'm always hesitant about, you know, why am I spending this much money when there's this, these other ones, these products are available quality is very clear here um mycorrhizae your micro beneficials your root zone is very important and that is why i kind of went on that spiel that's why i'm i'm promoting ph lush that's why i'm promoting great white myco these aren't just gimmicks i'm trying to tell you guys to go waste money ph lush every grower out there listening novice veteran i don't care who you are i really highly recommend getting this in your grow because you're gonna have way less of a headache the entire time the mycorrhizae, big, big, big added beneficial to your garden. I highly recommend it. But that's it. As far as the the ones that are mandatory, again, if you're not using tap water, you don't need a dechlorination solution. So that's not necessary. But hydrogen peroxide is necessary. And pH adjusters are absolutely necessary with a pH pen. So those are the, the three things you absolutely need. Uh, when it comes to germinating your seeds and making sure that you have the best seeds um, 
best chance for your seeds possible. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was my how to germinate seeds with 100% success rate. I don't do anything different. This is how I do it. I just allow my seeds to soak for about 48 hours. By 48 hours, they're all popped out. I never have any issues. After germinating, just because you get 100% success rate on germination doesn't mean you're going to have 100% success rate on keeping your plants alive. So that next step comes with uh, learning how to cultivate and uh, keeping your seedlings alive. So maybe next week I'll do how to keep your seedlings in the best uh, uh environment possible or best environment for seedling auto flowers possible but that is uh today's episode i hope you guys enjoyed please like i said please go check out culture biologics that ph lush stuff is seriously next level um their whole line is really phenomenal and i'll be showcasing it but that ph lush stuff it's uh definitely that is revolutionary for growers to be able to not have to do shifting ph ranges and for any grower listening that that has done ph uh shifting ph ranges their whole cultivation experience not having to do that is like what (laughs) so i hope you guys enjoyed um i'm your host chronic from the cannabis chronicles on all major streaming platforms as well as wonderful show reviewing ruderalis brought to us by atlas seed and the autoflower review team be sure to smash that like button and comment down below any questions you have i'd be happy to help you and definitely go head over to the autoflower review discord you could tag at the cannabis chronicles that's uh k-r-o-n-i-c-l-e-s as far as chronicles is spelled And you can ask me any questions, pick my brain about the germination method, or just have a chat. I hope you guys enjoy your day. Um, I'll be back every single week to teach you guys about Ruderalis. And without further ado, much love, happy growing, and peace, everyone.